What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Av Geeks Chronicles. I'm your host, Chief Av Geek, Av Nerd, whatever you want to call me, Colin. I'd like to thank you guys again for tuning in to episode six. Drones are no joke. Uh, guys, for all you out there, this might be hands down one of the best episodes that I've produced so far because I'm going to pack a lot of great information into this episode based on a previous experience. So this really doesn't have anything to do with my flight training or my journey or what I'm doing right now, but an experience that I had during flight training that I think it's really, really important to get it out there because it really, really hasn't been published and I think it's important. Uh, so I think this episode is going to be great. Uh, bear with me. There's a lot of information. Um, but again, guys, I think it's going to be really, uh, really useful. So what's going on uh, in the flying world, in the life um, some quick updates, you know, I took that two week hiatus that I talked about in the last episode. Um, but now that the weather's spring now here in Texas and the days have gotten longer, uh, it's opening up a greater opportunity to get out and fly more because in the, uh, in the previous weeks, you know, the days are shorter. You can't go after work. You're relegated to the weekends. Then you're, you know, mother nature, she's got her own opinion. Uh, but things seem to be opening up now, and I'm really, really excited. Last weekend, I uh, worked on landings hard. I think I've done about seven or eight landings now, um, and each one continues to get better. I posted a video up on my Instagram uh, of a landing that I did and actually had a big issue um, that I may talk about in another episode, uh, but if you want to, go check that out uh, over on my Instagram page, at Hodge, H-O-D-G-E underscore C-H-E. It's kind of interesting. Uh, but for this episode, you know, why are we going to talk about drones? You know, why? You're a student pilot. You work with helicopters. You know, you, this isn't really a drone podcast. Yeah, you're right. Um, but as a student aviator, you run into some things that you feel that you just need to be talked about. And drones are one because we had a run-in uh, with a drone couple weeks back um, during training and drones are becoming very very popular nowadays and they're very very useful tools I don't want to take anything away from it I love them I wish I I wish I could own one Um, but unfortunately there's a lot of people out there that just don't know how to operate them correctly Uh, they think they're toys they're not toys Um, they're aircraft and unfortunately they're operating them in the wrong spot and I really like how people are adopting drones. Uh, I think they're really, really important for the future, but I want people to start adopting good principle practices when operating them. Uh, so yeah, we had that run in with the drone at Meacham, uh, at Meacham Airport here in Fort Worth. Um, and it gave me this idea to kind of talk about it, do a little research um, and whatnot. And it was really crazy to kind of have this experience in flight training. I keep saying that I've been throwing a lot of curveballs, and I haven't even hit 20 hours in my own flight training yet. And so I've been throwing a lot of curveballs early in my flight training. I think it's incredible that this is happening early because I think it's just going to make me a better aviator, um, overall. And it was crazy because the control tower, they weren't playing around with this when, uh, you know, somebody took off in front of us and they spotted it. Uh, the tower wasn't playing around. They were asking questions. Where is it? Where do you think it's located? What color was it? Uh, Various uh, questions about location. Uh, What did it look like? How many arms and blades? You know, just various questions so they could pinpoint. And unfortunately, after that plane saw it, we we took off uh, in a small plane. We didn't see it, so we don't know if it was under us or whatnot, um, but we reported it back to the tower as well. 
Um, but then they start reporting this to authorities. And why do they start reporting this to authorities? Well, it's not, you know, you're breaking kind of FAA rules by operating in areas you're not supposed to be. Um, so it was very, it was very interesting, uh, to kind of, you know, but I really didn't think twice about it. You know, okay. Drones. Yeah. Okay. You know, they're dangerous, uh, around airports and whatnot, but no, I didn't see it. So, you know, we'll just keep, keep flying. But then, about a week later, I went to a North Texas Business Aviation uh, Association meeting, and the topic was drones. Specifically, what does it take to be operating it correctly and following the rules that the government and the community have set out? Um, and we had a, pr- a professor from Embry-Riddle University, which is a very well-known aeronautical uh, university here in the United States. And it really struck me. I'm like, wow there are a lot of people out there that are operating these drones and think they're toys. No, these are aircraft that actually has rules um, revolved around them. And surprisingly, and I have my own friends that do this as well, but there's a lot of folks out there that are doing commercial work with drones and they're not following the rules. They're doing this, making money, and the professor even talked about it in his speech because he had the same experience for a friend that was having some work done via somebody having a drone and this person was not following the rules. Um, and guys, you know, if you're breaking federal rules, federal law, you're putting not only yourself, your drone, but you're putting other people at risk. You're putting other businesses at risk. You're putting other aviators like myself at risk with that behavior because you're not following the rules. I want you to operate your drones. Drones are, you know, like I keep saying, they're important, but you got to operate them correctly. You don't decide you're going to drive your drone in the middle of the road, just like you're not going to operate your drone right outside a fence at the airport. Um, so guys, I love drones and I think they're going to be very, very useful here in the future. Um, and they're actually really showing us what the future of flight really will look like. Um, and I work in this industry and that's where it's going, but folks everywhere need to understand regulations and safety around drone. Um, so, I mean, guys, there's, there's a big difference and I'm not going to name some names, but I have a friend who is a drone operator. He is certified to do drone work. He can go out there and sell drone services. Why? Cause he is certified and has the proper credentials for it. I have another friend who's a videographer who owns a very nice drone when I asked him, Hey, are you certified by the FAA to be doing this type of work for your work? He said, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I said, Hey man, I love you. Like, you know, and you do really, really good work, but you gotta do, you gotta do this. Cause you're kind of putting people like me and your own, you're the people you're doing work for, you're putting them at risk by not operating under the rules and the regulations that the community and the government have set, have set forth. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the following. If you own or operate a drone, whether that be for personal, you know, for fun or commercial purposes, people out there operating these equipment need to understand the difference between part 101 and part 107 drone regulations. These are the two parts that regulate drone operations if you use them, whether it be for personal use to take really cool videos, really cool pictures, or if you're doing this for a commercial business, saying you're a videographer, you're a photographer, you're doing this for somebody else, 
you're operating under commercial terms. You know, you're a real estate agent and you're using this. That's commercial terms. Um, if you're doing pipeline survey or, you know, doing things for insurance adjusters on roofs and looking for leaks, uh, whatever it may, if you're doing it for business, you're doing it for commercial purposes and there are specific rules that govern those operations. And unfortunately, <coughs> you know, a lot, most of the people out there in the world, and I'm kind of learning this as I start digging in and asking people that operate drones, they don't know. And I thought it was really, really important to, uh, to get this information out. So in regards to FAA regulations around drones, the first one we're going to get into guys is part 101. And I'm going to give you a little overview of what the FAA considers part 101. So let's start off by saying the FAA considers all drones to be what they call SUAS aircraft. That's an acronym for Small Unmanned Air Systems. All right, Part 101 regs are very similar to what we'll get into of Part 107, but Part 101 is for recreational use versus 107. Yeah, 101 is for recreational use and 107 is for commercial purposes. So if you're rated for part 107, you can operate under part 101 and part 107. So if you're a pilot of a, you know, small unmanned aircraft, um, and it's and you're not certified to be a remote pilot uh, in command, that drone must operate according to the 101 rules. So if you're not part 107, if you have not taken the test and the FAA says, you know, has blessed you, knighted you to be a 107 pilot, you have to operate under 101 rules and you have to fall and you cannot go outside uh, those parameters because if something ever happens to your drone, to you, if you get hurt, if somebody else gets hurt, if you run into a helicopter, you run into an airplane or whatever, and somebody finds out that you are operating under the wrong rules, you can get in trouble, guys. It's not good. So, um, under part 101, you can't operate for any commercial purposes. Uh, your unmanned aircraft can only be flown strictly for hobby or recreational use. So that means for all you content creators, videographers, photographers, real estate agents, insurance folks, and adjusters, all of you folks getting into the drone business, buying drones, operating drones, understanding how they work. If you're not operating under 107, you're operating illegally. You're not following the rules and you're putting people like me at danger. And it's really easy to become 107 certified and to not be operating, you know, and putting people in danger. So if I were going to hire one of you folks to to do some work for me using a drone, the first question I would ask you is, are you part 107 certified? If you're not part 107 certified and compliant, I mean, I'm not going to be rude or mean, but I'm going to politely move on to the next to the next person. Why? Because you're not operating under the correct uh, under the correct uh, parameters that the FA sets forth. So, what are kind of some of the rules that Part 101 operates under? Well, the first one, guys, is your your uh, your altitude, maximum altitude. So, when you're flying a UAV, a U, uh, an SUAS, whatever you guys want to call it, let's just call it drone. Your drone must not fly higher than 400 feet above ground level. There's no exceptions. 
they don't say it's, it's above 400 feet of ground level. So that means if you're trying to do a building, a high rise, and it's way over 400 feet, you can only operate at 400 feet. So you can't go above the building and say, oh, I'm 400 feet above the building. Nope, it's 400 feet um, above the ground and there's no exceptions with that, uh, with the FAA. What are some additional notification requirements? Um, do you have to notify anybody if you're operating around certain areas? So you do not have to fly, or excuse me, sorry, let me repeat that. You can fly your UAV without informing anybody or any airport or FAA ATC facility uh, within five statute miles of the proposed flight activity. So this responsibility extends also to heliports and sometimes people don't know where heliports are so if you're five miles within a heliport that is considered still that zone um, because there may be some active flight operations going so if you're operating within those zones say at your house and you're operating you may want to contact your local airport the local facility there and just check with them to see the parameters what you have to do there's also some community-based standards. Guys, these are standards that are based on guidelines from the AMA, which is the Academy of Model Aeronautics. And they have this, uh, this, this document, these standards, called the AMA National Model Aircraft Safety Code. Um, it's a really good document that starts listing out uh, community-proposed uh, and kind of adopted uh, safety regulations and, and rules um, that the community has adopted. So if you're just under 101, if you're just doing this for fun and just for yourself, I would highly, highly recommend going out to the web and looking up the AMA National Model Aircraft Safety Code. And then after you check that out, head over to the FAA and check out Part 101. So do you have any registration requirements? Like aircraft, you have to register aircraft. Do you have to do that for drones? Currently, Drones that weigh over about a half pound, so 0.55 pounds or about 250 grams, uh, I believe that's what that is, you are required to be registered with the FAA. So that means you have to go to the FAA and register your drone. If registration um, you know, is desired or it is required uh, for your drone, you, the person of that drone, you have to be 13 years or older. And there's only one registration required for the drone operated and owned by that registrant. Uh, so you, the operator. So, part 101. Not that much. There's not a lot of rules around it, but there's, you know, it's for you people that are actually using it for business purposes and trying to make money off this very, very useful and cool tool. Uh, most of you are operating under Part 101. Why? Because you're not certified to Part 107. There's some people that are certified under Part 107, but the vast majority of drone operators are not. Why? Because they do not know. So, are there any requirements to be a drone pilot if you're going to have to register your aircraft? There's no experience necessary to become a remote pilot. So, before we go and we dive into what we consider Part 107... One of the most surprising realities about Part 107 is that an applicant for a remote pilot certificate is not required to have any, at any point, whatever in their life, no previous aviation experience. 
uh, or any formal instructions on how to fly a drone, you know, how to use it, you know, prior to taking the Part 107 test. So to obtain a pilot certificate from the FAA, you have to be at least 16 years old or older, you know, whatever. And you have to pass an aeronautical knowledge test and pass a TSA security screening. The 16 years, uh, 16 year and older is also, um, it's a rule over on the fixed wing side where, where I am as well. So you don't need any experience. You don't need, I mean, you don't have to go and take a course on how to fly a drone or whatnot. Um, there's no experience required. So this is unlike the requirements for any other FAA pilot certificates, which all require not only experience for flying an aircraft, but also requires either formal training or evaluation by a flight instructor, just like I'm going through over on the fixed wing side. So you don't have to have experience. If you're just trying to do this for fun, you're operating under part 101, which are very you know slim rules, basically saying, please stay out of the zones of airports. Please stay under a certain altitude. If you're inside that zone, please be in contact and please make friends with your local airport to make sure you're not... Uh, you know, going against any rules or whatnot with the, what they have, because I'd hate for any of you guys to be reported uh, to a tower by a pilot, and then somehow they report it to, say, the police or whatever, uh, and then you get in trouble. That would be terrible. So that's why I'm letting you know ahead of time. So let's get into Part 107. What is Part 107? Part 107 is the regulation that you have to follow if you're using your drone for business endeavors. Part 107 covers you for commercial operations, meaning if you're trying to make money using your drone. So what are some of these regulations? Surprisingly, they're very eerily similar to the Part 101 regulations. Do you have to have any pilot qualifications? The You, the person operating your small UAV, your SUAS, whatever you want to call it, your drone... Uh, for commercial purpose, must obtain a remote pilot certificate from the FAA, meaning you actually have to go through a process. What is the maximum weight of a Part 107 drone? Your UAV cannot weigh any more than 55 pounds, which is about 25 kilograms. How fast can it go? There are speed limitations set by the FAA. Your ground speed cannot exceed 100 miles an hour which in aviation terms is about 87 knots. Just like part 101, we had some altitude requirements. What are those altitude requirements? If you're operating for business purposes under 107, your drone cannot fly higher than 400 feet above the ground level. And it cannot be any further away from you and or a structure, say, we'll, we'll, we'll call it structure, even if the uh, structure, you know, if you're above, you have to be 400 feet away from a structure, such as like a tower um, or whatnot, building. You have to be 400 feet away from it. So there are altitude and distance requirements. What about airspace? There is limited operation in controlled airspace. Your drone can fly without getting ATC or any permission only in uncontrolled Class G airspace. So again, guys, if you're close to airspace, big airports like us here in the DFW area, it's probably a really good idea to check out where you're operating, neighborhood, venue, wherever you're going to operate your drone if you're doing it for commercial purposes, and see what airspace you're actually working in. Now, what about day, nighttime operations? 
you know, drones do have beacon lights that allow you to see them in the air. Some may not be brighter than others, but your UAV must fly during the daylight hours or within 30 minutes of sunrise or sunset. So part 107 requirements require you to only operate during the day. Why is this? It's because at night, drones are next to impossible to see. Even if they have those beacon lights, the red and green beacon lights, it is extremely difficult to see those flying drones in the air at night. So part 107 covers daytime, daytime only. So like I was saying, there is some slight similarities between part 101 and 107, but part 101 is for me as I'm just wanting to use a drone for my own personal good. And part 107 is for me if I want to make money doing anything with my drone. So now that we kind of understand the difference between part 101 and part 107, let's all understand that guys, the industry is not setting these rules to be harsh on you, to have to make you go take a test or to make money. No, the industry is doing this to come together to make drone flight safer. Everybody knows drones are the future. Everybody's talking about it. It's getting into air taxi. Amazon's talking about it. But we just want to make it safe so we're not putting anybody's life at risk. So what has the industry done, you may ask? Well, Congress is continuing their own efforts to hopefully make drone operations more safely. The... um, there's this there's this thing out there called the NPRM or Notice of Proposed Rulemaking that was established back in 2015. Uh, we learned this from the Embry Riddle professor. I thought it was really interesting. Um, the FAA established the Part 107 regulations, which governs, like we talked about, money making commercial business operations, and the government has released the Presidential Drone Integration Pilot Program. So all these efforts are key in ensuring drones can fly safely in the sky. I want drones to fly. I enjoy watching people fly them. I think they're incredible, some of the things that are done. I just want these people to operate safely. And I want them to operate under the rules. Just like when I'm flying my fixed-wing aircraft and I'm flying over a house, somebody doesn't want me to buzz their house, pull a Top Gun move around the tower. No, you want me to follow the rules. You want me to make sure that I'm up at it. So if I'm operating my aircraft correctly, I want you to operate your drone correctly as well because then you're not putting my life at risk, you're not putting somebody else's life at risk, and you're not putting your own good and maybe even your business at risk as well. So all these efforts, guys, we just want to keep the the skies safe. There's also a really cool program out there called the AUVSI TOPS program. Their acronym actually stands for the Association of Unmanned Vehicle Systems international and top stands for the trusted operators program so according to the u uh, the au vsi uh, their website out there the the top program the trusted operate operator program excuse me has been recognized as a critical effort for remote pilots and training organizations organizations to demonstrate reliability safety professionalism and trust in the drone or uas industry And because they're an independent uh, community-based association, uh, the organization gives more power and credibility to its members to hopefully increase the ability for the AUVSI to advocate on their behalf with this top community-based initiative. 
So if you're interested, guys, in the uh, in the AUVSI top program and you're operating for business purposes, I strongly recommend you guys go out to their website, check it out, what is it all about, and maybe even become a trusted uh, trusted operator. In fact, if you're doing this for commercial purposes, it will probably help your business if you're an early mover. So the AUVSI is an established community initiative. Um, what do they facilitate? They facilitate best practices, uh, drone co- codes of conduct, uh, goals for drone professionalism for all operators out there. Basically, their efforts have been re- uh, a recognized guide for all the training protocols um, that are out there and all the best practices and the conduct that supports the reliability of drones, the safety of drones, the professionalism of drone operations, and the community trust in drones. The only, only way the community is going to start trusting drones and start picking up on them is if people start following the rules and operating them correctly. This happens with everything. So this program, I really, I think it's really cool. I think the fact that there's a trusted operator program out there um, and there's a community that follows the rules, that promotes rules, that promotes safe operations, even if you're making money, I think is really cool. So if you're a videographer, if you're a cinematographer, if you're using a drone for commercial purposes, for money, I would strongly, strongly recommend you go look at this program. And if you're interested, become a trusted operator program because then you can go out when you're selling your services, you can say, hey, I'm a trusted operator under part 107 because I've taken the test. I'm going to operate safely and you're not going to get in trouble for hiring me and I'm not going to get in trouble for, for operating, you know, basically illegally. So go out there, check out the program. Uh, if you want to find out more about the AUVSI, what they're doing to improve the safety of your drone operations. Um, Here's their website, guys. It's www.auvsi.org. Again, that's www.auvsi.org. And if you're a drone operator, you can even use their program, again, to become a trusted operator. You can put it on your website that you're a trusted operator. So now we've kind of learned what's the difference between 101 and 107. 101 is me operating a drone for fun, but there's still rules and registration guidelines that I have to follow as a personal drone operator. If I want to use that same drone for my business to make money, I now move over to 107 operations that I have to take a test for, that I have to kind of study for. Um, But once I pass and the FAA recognizes me, then I can go out and do this for business without worrying about getting in trouble. And now there's uh, the TOPS program that recognizes me as a trusted drone operator. So to wrap everything up, guys, we kind of know now that there's some similarities between the two regulations, but it's up to you all as drone operators to understand the difference between them. There are a number of regulations and restrictions concerning drone aircraft and their pilots um, that can be explained in detail by the FAA in several, several documents out there that I hate reading, uh, but you have to read them to kind of understand, including a really important advisory circular uh, numbered 107-2. And guys, the most important thing to remember, especially for those with no prior aviation or uh, aerospace experience, which pretty much includes most cinema, uh, most videographers and most photographers, um, even though there are uh, videographers and photographers that are pilots, so I don't want to segregate them either. 
Um, that drone that you're operating is an aircraft. That drone that you're operating is governed and the airspace is governed and regulated by the FAA, a government organization. So while those who fly drones for fun, you know, which is surprisingly a lot of people, um, actually are unaware that there are serious federal aviation, um, uh, the FAA regulations out there. And so if you intend to fly that drone for professional or business reasons, you, not me, not anybody else, you have the responsibility to become very familiar with these regulations and to make efforts to continually enhance your own knowledge and the community's knowledge of regulations and how to operate these aircraft uh, safely because you want to continually enhance your knowledge of the aviation space. The technologies, the laws, the regulations related to your drone are going to continue to evolve, which is going to make you have to be invested in learning and keep learning um, about this. And any pilot who makes the effort to pass remote pilot tests should also plan on having a long-term relationship with the aviation industry and kind of the knowledge around it, which includes all the uh, relevant regulations and community-based efforts um, in regards to drones. But for me, because I'm a pilot and what I'm doing, us pilots out there, we do do not mind sharing the airspace. The air, the sky is an incredible place and we don't mind sharing it with other enthusiasts who also want to get its benefits. But when you're operating in this airspace, all we ask is that you follow the regulations that are out there and published by the FAA and by the community in general. Because when you abide by these published rules that are out there, we're all going to be able to operate in the sky in harmony. So we all need to remember that these regulations are published for our safety, not to punish us, including all you know, the relevant regulations and whatnot. So in aviation, safety is and should be everybody's top priority. Safety means you know the regulations. So I want all videographers and photographers and insurance to get the full benefits of drones. But I want you to become certified, you know, if you're doing this for business, become certified under 107. And if not, just follow the 101 rules and just take a moment, take an hour or 15 minutes to go look at the rules and make yourself aware of it because most people aren't aware of it. So that's a lot of information, guys. Um, But in the gist, there are two operating parameters and I'm going to sum it up simply. If you're doing this for business, you need to operate under 107, which also covers 101. So if you become certified under 107, you're already knowing what 101 is. If you're not, if you own a drone and just doing it for fun, grabbing video, grabbing pictures, uh, doing whatever you want to do, you're under 101. Just make sure you guys are aware of how you're operating and please follow the rules accordingly. So what are we going to talk about next episode, guys? I know that was a lot um, and whatnot, and I think I'm going to devote another episode kind of going in uh, more detail, maybe how to register um, your aircraft. Uh, But I want to follow up this episode with how to register your drone because I think that's an area where people don't really know how it works. Um, And I promise this episode, uh, talking about that registration, it's going to be a lot shorter than this one. So if you operate a drone for fun or work, 
please make sure you don't miss that episode because I'm going to talk about how you're going to register um, your drone because then you become compliant. You're just operating a drone for fun. You know, it's it's not a bad thing. You're telling the sky where that drone is. So, big episode, guys. A lot of information. I felt it was necessary to get the information out there because I think it's going to help a lot of people. And there's a lot of people out there operating drones, not operating under rules. And I think the people who move to operate under those rules first and go out there and do commercial jobs and advocate saying that they're, you know, either a trusted operator or they're operating under the correct FA regulations. I truly believe you guys are going to win faster than the people that aren't because once people that are hiring understand that there's rules, they're going to start asking those questions just like I would. So, if you can answer their questions and you can say I'm a trusted operator part, you know, under part 107, it's going to be a lot better than saying, "Oh no, actually I don't know what those rules are. Can I still do your job?" Unfortunately, down the line, it's going to say, no, unfortunately, I want somebody operating under the correct rules. So guys, a lot of great information. Thanks for following along. Um, If you want to continue my journey on the flight training path, head over to my social media accounts over on Instagram at Hodge underscore C-H-E. That's H-O-D-G-E underscore C-H-E. You can find me on Twitter. I'm talking about some interesting things over on Twitter. Again, that Twitter account is at Hodge underscore C-H-E, H-O-D-G-E underscore C-H-E. If you want to connect with me on a personal basis, head over to LinkedIn. You can find me under my name, Colin, C-O-L-I-N, Hodges, H-O-D-G-E-S. I love to connect with you over on LinkedIn as well. So guys, this was the longest episode that I've ever put out. Uh, A lot of good information, but because I had this experience, I thought it was really, really important to get this information out. Um, So if you're a drone operator out there, whether you're doing it for fun or whether you're doing it for business, I ask you to take an hour out of your day and to go research the regulations that surround your drone or what I'm going to consider an aircraft. Um, I think it's not only going to help you understand more But now that you understand, you're actually probably going to advocate for other people to safely operate drones as well. And if you're doing this for a business, which I hope you take, you know, these tips and you go out and maybe look at taking the test, um, because it's not all that expensive. I think the test is like 150 bucks, but I think it will help your business. It will help you be able to market your business more and to go out there and really say, I do aerial photography, I do aerial videography. I do aerial work for insurance companies or pipelines, whatever you want to do, but I operate under the correct FAA regulations. So if you guys have any more questions, hit me up on those social uh, media accounts, Uh, shoot me a DM, whatever you want to do, ask me a question, I'll try to answer it for you. Uh, But if not, guys, I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of AvGeeks Chronicles, and I really, really appreciate uh, you listening in and taking the time to hear about the drone, uh, the drone world and the regulations that surround it. So I look forward to, uh, to talking to you guys on the next episode and I really appreciate your guys' love and support for AvGeeks Chronicles. So have a great day and remember to fly your drones safe. Thanks everybody.